The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio. Are you seeking more energy and ready to have more healings and revealings in your life? Then you've tuned into the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is intentional and dynamic. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Welcome, everyone, and thank you so much for being with us today. Um, all of you that are listening as a um, an iTunes or MP3, and those of you that are on with us at Facebook Live, um, keep in mind that you can ask questions, you can make comments. We love the interaction, love hearing from you, and also please always let me know the types of guests that you want to have. Now, when we talk about an intentional spirit, we always like to define the difference between people with intentions and the people that are intentional. Um, A lot of people have good intentions. You know, they're going to uh, get in good shape. Uh, They're going to be better at communicating with their relationship. They're going to get in a relationship. They're going to have a better relationship with their children or They're going to leave the job they don't love or many things. There's a lot of good intentions. We see this all the time because people will do their New Year's resolutions and make a list. and They have good intentions, but it's the intentional spirit that regardless of anything else going on in life, there is discipline, there is connection, there's a commitment, and there's the ability to follow through. And still use those natural and innate gifts that God, our creator, has given us. And part of that, as an intentional spirit, is our beloved uh, guest today, Kim Sintio. She has been an intuitive since she was born, and she is a difference maker. She is out there in the world. She's an advocate for whales and dolphins and just an endless and ageless spirit. How's that, Kim? <laughs> how is that you are something else so tell us and tell our audience today how did you how did life get started for you you know we you know how did your uh, who you are uh, your family your beginning days and in your universe how did it kind of shape shift you uh, to doing the kind of work that you do today well um, everything started at a very young age. I would um, see spirit people in my bedroom when I was uh, sleeping at night. I'd wake up in the middle of the night screaming and running into my parents' room, you know, saying, oh, my God, I just saw that these people are standing in my room staring at me and trying to talk to me. And my parents uh, comforted me in their arms and said, oh, it's okay, honey. You didn't see anything. Just go back to bed. And I just didn't want to go back to my room, so I ended up sleeping in my parents' room. And as the as time went on, um, I would speak about it to my friends, and my friends, you know, with oh, you didn't see anything. She's crazy. Don't talk to her. 
So I put all that information in the back burner and just, you know, squashed it into my subconscious mind. And uh, while I went to school, I just, you know, I didn't talk about it. I wanted to talk about it, but I didn't talk about it because I had the fear of being made fun of and so on and so forth. Um, Can I ask you, um, when you when you say see people, um, because I, we're always having people join in on the show, especially on Facebook, and they so relate. Um, and we start getting comments that, well, I, it was the same with me, or I had this happen, or whatever. Um, I like to kind of break words down. When, you, when you're saying that you see them, did you sense them? Uh, was there color? Was there shadows? Or um, how did that look for you as a child? Well, it, I knew they were, they looked like people, but I can see through them. And then sometimes okay. I would just see the silhouette of okay. a person mm-hmm. um, with no color. I've seen them with color and without color. And there was just like, they were opaque, but they were talking to me. Absolutely. So I saw them both ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, it, was, it was frightening as a child. And then my parents telling me, you know, don't say anything because people will talk about you. You didn't see that, you know. Uh, you, did, you, you, you just don't don't talk about that anymore. You're you're fine. Just go back to sleep. So I and just kind of just squashed it into my subconscious. It's what happens to so many people in their youth. Is you know they're they're led to believe something a certain way, and um, and therefore it, they stop the gifts. They close the gifts off. Um, I do want to let you know we have a friend on, Edmund, from Ireland, joining us today. Mm-hmm. And um, so we want to give him a shout-out and, and tell him hello and thank you for joining us. So in, you're in school then, and I, I know as well as you do, <laughs> you, don't, you don't get a class on intuition and, um, and being connected at a deeper level with nature when you're in junior high or high school. Um, certainly mm-hmm. not any of the public schools anyway. And so did you get any validation there? No, not really. That was like hush-hush. We didn't talk about it then. And it didn't come out again until I was uh, in my late 20s, early 30s, and I had a very strong interest for anything and everything supernatural. I watched all the ghost shows. I went on the ghost tours in Savannah and Charleston. Mm. Um, I read a lot of books. I saw all the movies. I was very, very interested in all of that. And I I really kind of didn't know why (laughs) until I became older. Mm -hmm. And uh, then other things started happening. I had a big, big awakening experience 10 years ago. And it came when I was going through a really, really rough time in my life. I was going through... I wasn't... Get, I had a really hard time in my marriage. It was uh, very negative, and there were a lot of things started going on and taking place at that time. I had spirits around me touching me, um, angels coming around and wrapping their wings around me. That was very, very comforting. But the spirits touching me was not very pleasant. And at that time, I um, seek 
groups and started going to like meetup.com and finding groups uh, where I can sit in, where I can speak about what was going on so I can understand more. Now, the and that was very enlightening. About that that I find uh, interesting and worth highlighting is that in some of your despair and your darkest times was when uh, your gifts were wanting to reveal themselves more. Um, yeah. And I, I think that's something that that if people would be more conscious to that, that when they're going through some challenges or in the, I mean, we obviously know that during the darkest hours, that's when great songs are written. Um, we know that's when, you know, country music songs are written um, and poems and, you know, those kind of things that relate to the, the soul and the energy of that. But here you are going through a very trying time, a very unhappy relationship, feeling that, and yet at the same time, you have things happening to you that everybody wished would happen. Um, mm-hmm. Did you see it that way? Like, wow, am I so blessed? Or, or were you like, because of the invalidation you had had since childhood, did it feel more threatening to you at the time? I was very fearful because I didn't know what was going on. Here here I am. I watch all the ghost shows and seeing all these things happening to people on TV, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's happening to me. What, what do I do? Where do I turn? Where do I go? And I didn't have anybody really to talk to about it because my friends kind of all alienated me. So um, I started attending these, these meetup groups, and that really helped. Um, I was guided to read books. Books were popping off the shelf um, and and calling me to read them. The first spiritual book that I read was The Law of Attraction. And then after that, my whole world opened up, and I started to begin to understand what was going on. And then I was guided to take healing courses. I got certified with Reconnective Healing first, and I I had my... uh, I did the reconnection. I had the reconnection done to me, and that's where they line up your meridian line, your DNA with the DNA and meridian lines of the universe. And then everything accelerated. And everything started coming back to me. And I started to understand, you know, these things that were happening to me as a child that I never really got to speak to anybody about except, you know, my parents, and they didn't want to hear it. Um, Everything started to make sense. So it was, uh, I, it was and, and from there on in, it's just miracles and things just keep opening up. More doors of opportunity keep opening up for me. And it's just wonderful. Just, oh, I, just, I, I, I love my life now. <laughs> but growing up, it was difficult. And then even when I was first waking up, after waking up, um, it just, it, your certain friends just fall away. I call it like a divorce, you know. You lose this friend, this friend, and this friend. But but the universe bring in all the right people to you, and then you find your tribe. Well, I like to say them. I like to say when there's people that have been in my life that I hide behind, eventually they'll have to hide from me um, because they weren't really authentic relationships to to who I am and. And for those of you that are that are listening, um, if as we're talking to Kim Sincio about her life experiences, and and also part of the show is 
her work that she does with whales and dolphins. Um, in that particular way, um, for those of you that have had these kind of gifts and you kind of had them lying dormant or you haven't really opened up to them or they, they make you feel afraid, you know, that is such a part of the, shall we say, the normalcy of the sacred path, Kim, that um, mm-hmm. so many of us had these kind of talents and gifts and, and yet in our early exposure were made wrong or talked out of it or, you know, whatever. And, uh, yeah, I'm not surprised, not surprised that when you started having the Great Awakening that you had to create, you know, a whole new support system and a, a whole new set of uh, friends. I think that's what's so great about new thought communities like the Centers for Spiritual Living and Unity is that we are so open um, and validating of people with gifts and people that are connected to nature and, you know, and everything, everything else. How did you get into the work with the, um, with the creatures of the water or creatures of the deep? How did you get invested in that kind of work? What happened? Was there an an aha moment or an epiphany or? Well, as a child, um, my my parents took me to uh, water theme parks, and I've always felt like a very uh, strong connection with the marine animals. And um, now um, I, I find myself speaking to them telepathically. Um, I have an interesting... Um, uh, where I, I, I was born and raised in South Florida in Miami, and uh, and then kind of grew up in Hollywood, Florida. And then from Hollywood, I was guided to uh, move to North Carolina. So mm-hmm. I moved to North Carolina, and in North Carolina is where I had my spiritual awakening. And while I was in North Carolina, the um, the dolphins used. I I got really heavily into um, doing animal activism work. And um, now when I look at it, I, I have a hard time looking at it. But at then I was very, very focused and, and, and trying to save the dolphins uh, in Taiji, Japan, from their captors. Mm-hmm. And I would telepathically speak to them while they were being chased by their hunters and I would shape shift into a dolphin and swim with them in the water and communicate with them and help them to escape their captors. Um, since then, I they speak to me telepathically. Um, they called me and wanted me to move back to Florida. And I didn't want to move back to South Florida because that area is kind of overpopulated. So I wanted to go somewhere else in Florida. Well, they told me they wanted me to come to this area, to the St. Petersburg area. And um, since I've been back, um, I've had conversations with them. And I also had uh, conversations, a lot of conversations with um, Tillicum, the uh, orca killer whale that was at SeaWorld. Yeah. And, and he came, he had, he had spoken to me how, and told me how unhappy he was being in that tank and all he wanted to do was uh, be back with his family and he was becoming ill at that time and um, he said he was giving up hope all wills to live because he just wanted to be free he didn't want to be in that 
prison tank anymore. He called it he called it himself a prison. He says, I felt like I feel like a prisoner. I just want to be free. I just want to be back with my family. And then I don't know, like a few months ago he he did transition. And when he transitioned he came and he visited me and he thanked me for all the work that I did and all the activism work that I did and, and that everything I do for him and the dolphins and I was like, Oh my gosh. That was just, I just, I think about that now and it's just, it's so beautiful. And he still visits me from time to time in spirit. Mm-hmm. And the dolphins here, um, I kayak. And while I'm out on my kayak, the last time I went kayaking, I saw a group of dolphins. And it was over down by um, the power plant over there off of, uh, near Whedon Park. And I was um, paddling out there, and I saw a group of dolphins. And I'm sitting in my kayak, and, oh, gosh, I wish I had a GoPro so I can be filming this. No one's going to believe me. So they went down, and they were swimming around. And one of them went down and put his fluke up in the air and was waving it at me. And I was like, oh, my goodness. There have no witnesses to, to say that I saw this. I really wanted to have a GoPro, but I hadn't purchased it yet. And well, I was just taken for, back by that. I think it's true for uh, that level of communication. Um, animals, um, you know, that recognize that people get them and see them and can have a sense mm-hmm. of with them. Um, that um, from that, I find more animals come because they know that you're you're listening. So I'm not surprised um, with that being your work and what you're dedicated to that. They seek you out and they, they come to you because they know that they can and, and they know that you, that, that you hear them. We have um, a couple of people coming in and, and they're wanting to ask you, um, what, um, how do you know when uh, you're getting those clear messages? Um, uh, one person is saying that they're kind of tossing in the night and they keep getting all these different kind of signals. How did you develop this level of, of competence and confidence in yourself when you were getting an intuitive hit about something or a new awareness about something, how, how did you go, wow, you know, I, I have something going on here. I need to start listening more. Is it time? Um, is it practice? Uh, what is it that helped you develop a strength that you would be willing to go on different shows and talk about, you know, how you are an intuitive guide? Well, I think it all begins with meditation. Okay. And because with meditation, you open up that connection with source and you allow the information to come through. Um, I started off doing the meditation. I was listening to a lot of spiritual radio to different authors, especially like on Hay House Radio. Mm -hmm. I did a lot of that. And I also attended a psychic circle. I sat in a psychic circle for three years. And during that three years, I learned a lot about spirit and a lot about spirit guides. And uh, we would give messages to each other. And I built a confidence and trust level during that time. So when the information comes now, I, ne- I don't question it. I just trust it. Mm-hmm. And that's how it comes for me. 
So you kind of directed instead of um, getting these insights all the time or in passing or when you're driving a car to kind of mm, being very clear to bring in that, you know, that specific time that while you're in meditation, then that's what you're getting. Um, our friend Jax is agreeing that that's something that's been helping him as well are going to a circle and doing it. And that yeah. really does play a part in, and it's the practice, you know, yeah. and then more and more you're very confident. But I also think it's the willingness to share everybody. Yeah. I, I think that's, I think that's I really important. Um, you know, years ago when I started developing as an intuitive, um, let me just say, I, I started allowing myself to accept I was an intuitive. I, I didn't need to develop it. It was already there. Um, mm-hmm. But in that space, I would, needed to develop how I use that muscle. And so um, a lot of times I would do one-on-one, either as a spiritual leader that someone was seeking guidance for me, or it could be that um, you know someone had come to my office for something shamanic or whatever. And that being said, um, you know, I would get certain uh, images, Kim, and it would be very interesting. Like this one lady was seated uh, seated with me and she was sharing and she was going through a very hard time. And I, I had this thought and I went, that sounds so crazy, you know, unlike my, my serious, you know, counseling hat. And so I said to her, I said, you need to go and buy as many of the old Carol Burnett shows as you can possibly find and just laugh, 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 right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and she said to me, how did you know? And I said, what do you mean? Know what? And she said, how did you know that Carol Burnett is my most favorite person on the planet, mm-hmm. you see? And so that was that interconnectedness and so I've learned how to just say, you know, whatever that I sense or that I see and without being attached. But nine times out of ten, people go, wow. So that's what you've developed is that you you know that you're really connecting with these creatures of the deep. Um, I love that you travel to different places and you're willing to guide people or take them over to the ocean and bring in that connection and, and bring in that awareness of connecting with the creatures with the deep. And I also love Patricia Corey's work um, mm-hmm. because she says that the, the whales and the dolphins, they're singing this song um, that's a universal language and knowing as they're holding us in their grace for that place of peace. Mm-hmm. That's true. They're very special. They're a higher vibration and they're Highly connected to Star Sirius. I've been getting that a lot lately. I've been getting the connection to Star Sirius to the dolphins to me. Mm-hmm. It's, um, and I've had a lot of connections with the star people as well. It seems like I'm, I'm at a place right now on my journey that everything is starting to become my reality. I've had a lot of visions, I've gotten a lot of messages, and everything is happening now. And uh, it's it's very, very interesting, so to speak. 
Um, I would say it's a very exciting time in your life. That's for sure. It is. It's it, really oh, awesome. most definitely. I want to remind everybody that I'm talking to Kim Sintio. She is an intuitive, and her specialty is that she is an activist. She's an engaged spirituality. She's dedicated to the well-being of the whales and the dolphins and all creatures of the deep. You can go to her website, indivinetime.com, indivinetime.com. Thank you so much for listening in, and I'm loving the comments. We're going to address some of them when we come back after this short break. Thank you so much for being with us. Unity Online Radio brings you inspiring programs on a variety of spiritual topics. Giving to the network is now easier than ever. Simply text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone. You can make a one-time or recurring donation. Your gifts help us offer enriching spiritual programs that reach listeners around the world. Text Unity Radio to 72727. Thank you for your support. Have you ever considered that everything you think, say, and do is a prayer to the universe? What would your life be like if you activated the power of yes? Join Reverend Beverly Molander and her exciting guests on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes, to find out how they activated the power of yes in their lives, their communities, or even the world. If they can do it, you can too. Listen to Beverly Molander and her guests live every Monday at noon central, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to live in joy? Is there an area of your life where you could use a miracle? Have you been praying for help and guidance? Come join Lisa and Bill and their guests for an hour filled with practical tips on experiencing miracles, greater abundance, focused, deliberate living, and the peace of God that passeth all understanding. Experience more joy in life. Listen to Living in Joy, Reflections on a Course in Miracles with Lisa Natoli and Bill Free every Friday at 2 p.m. Central here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for listening to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at theintentionalspirit at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here is your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome back, everyone, and thank you for being on the show. And for those of you that love and enjoy these kind of conversations, I would urge you to go to templehays.com and find out more about what we're doing, not only with 
live radio, but also with television. And also um, come and visit us at firstunity.org. We'd love to have you as part of our online community. I'm talking today to Kim Cincio. Her website is indivinetime.com. Kim, we have people um, from all over the world on the show with us right now, tuning in, asking comments. Um, One of the questions that's coming is the idea that sometimes um, you just feel blocked. And so you talked about how to tune in and how to get in touch with, um, you know, the messages and to be clear about them. But what about the times where you don't feel that anything is coming to you? Is there any particular thing or ritual that you do to, to open up? Um, well, I just meditate and um, just try to stay focused and balanced and um, just get quiet and it just just allow. You have to allow. You have to release everything that's going on in your life and and just be in the moment. Spirit always says just be present and be still and just allow. So you just have to remember that. Remember to breathe, focus, and 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 be present. Now, I also get a lot of um, good uh, healthiness within myself by spending time out in nature. This you is know, true, too. Yeah. And feed on the ground, you know, actually connecting with the earth. Um, I was telling a story a couple of weeks ago, a true story about a guy that, he went to the doctor and he was having all these ailments. Um, they were looking at anything from, you know, strong arthritis, fibromyalgia. Um, but he, it was just really bad and chronic. And he, you know, he was just really struggling. And in that space, um, he went to one doctor and the doctor asked him, you know, when is the last time you've been outside? And when's the last time you hugged a tree? And the guy actually lived in the 14th floor in New York in a building. And then he would go across the bridge um, for work. So he literally was not ever having his feet on, on the ground. And I, I see a lot of that with healers and, and teachers is that they're not spending enough time getting the medicine of being outdoors. I talk about that in my book, When Did You Die? Because they're not connecting to to the earth and the value of that. And the doctor told the man, said, you know, you go spend outside time in the park in New York, uh, hug a tree and come back. And the guy was healed. A pretty good, cool story, you know, for the kind of work (laughs) and I do with uh, activism for the animals and and the pets and, and things like that. Yeah, this is true. This comes up a lot as well. I'm I'm in the process of writing a book, and that came in very, very uh, clear and very strong. What Spirit says is to go hug the tree, share your energy with the tree, and have the tree share their energy with you. Mm-hmm. And as you stand there hugging the tree, see uh, tree roots coming out from the bottom of your feet and going deep, deep, deep into Mother Earth, going out to the right, to the left, and 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 straight down. See the roots going very, very deep into the earth. And then once you grasp on, see the white light coming back up through the tree roots 
back through your feet, through your body, up through your, uh, your chest, your neck, your head, and up out into the universe and say, I am grounded, and then thank the tree. Thank the tree for sharing the energy with you and you sharing the energy with the tree and being one and also keeping yourself grounded in Mother Earth, keeping that soul body inside your physical body. So I completely, completely agree with what you're saying about the nature. That's so cool. I, I didn't know that you uh, did that. I've listened to some of your lectures, and I'm, you know, very um, complimentary and um, um, a fan of your work. But I, I didn't realize you did that ritual. That's one of the strong ones that I've been doing for many, many years. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it works every time as far as every the connection time. being more open and and. Allowing, and we we definitely are in a time in our society more than ever that we need people connecting and not feeling disconnected to to the earth because we we come from it and we return to it, and that's just you know it's who we are, it's who we are in our our nature. Well, um, give us an example of a person or two that you've worked with in the past with the gift of intuition or. Uh, tell us more about the work that you're doing with the dolphins. Uh, right now, the dolphins are are quiet, except for the mass stranding recently in New Zealand. That kind of really hurt my heart when I saw that on the internet. I just felt I felt like pokers going in my heart. I'm like, what happened here? Oh, the recent of uh, where all the whales had washed up and and so many of them were found dead. Yes, Several 300 people. were found dead. They were only really able to rescue 100 of them. Yeah, that was so sad. It is very, very sad. They were pilot you, whales. They made a reference to that, that that is kind of a place that that happens, um, but not that severe. What, what do you feel was the reason um, that that occurred? Well, from what I'm being told is there's a lot of um, sound pollution in the water. When the Navy practices their sonar exercises when they're looking for submarines, that drives the marine life to the shore because the sound is so loud and deafening to their ears. They actually get bleeding in the brain, and they're just, they're just swimming, and they beach themselves to escape the pain. Um, their hearing is very, very sensitive. They use their hearing to to um, to find their food, to communicate. Um, their hearing is like our eyes. How we use our eyes and our and our physical humanness. They use their ears. Their ears are their eyes, and it's very sensitive. So I feel that they there must have been some sonar or some kind of noise pollution in the water that drove them to the shore. And I think that's the reason for most of the strandings, because they're just running, because it's it's just so painful for them. So they beach themselves. And then sometimes if there's one um, animal that's really sick, they're so loyal in their... um, in their group that if one goes, they all follow. So that's another theory as well. But I feel it was from sonar. 
Well, um, in in this place of uh, people that are participating across the world that are part of this cause, do you think that we're educating people more now? I feel we are. There's more and more movies that are coming out, like the movie that I um, brought over to First Unity, uh, Sonicsy. That was very. Uh, that was a documentary that was all about that. Uh, and there's more and more of those types of movies coming out. We just need to get more people um, involved. Mm-hmm. And, and that's um, Sonic C, correct? Sonic C? Sonic C. And you can order it on Amazon? I don't know if you can. You, okay. I don't know if, if they, they have the rights for that right now. I know they show it periodically on the Discovery Channel. And then if you go to the Sonic C website, uh, you can maybe find a uh, private showing of the film. Okay. Because that's, I think, a big part of it is just people being educated because they very innocently just don't know. You know, right. they just, they're, they're just not, they want to do something, but they don't know what to do. And education, awareness is a, a big part of that you know, and and make a difference. Where do you see your work going? How can we as a listening audience, um, um, how can we be more supportive to the work that you're doing? We can certainly watch the film. Uh, We can go to the website Sonic C. We can visit your website in Divine Time. Um, what What are some of the things that within the next couple of years you want to achieve as an intuitive to be speaking on behalf of uh, the creatures of the water, what is it that we could do more of that we're not doing now? I know one thing, of course, is the more simplistic conversation is to stop using so much plastic. That will certainly help. Um, yes, that's yes. the thing. Getting together with your communities and um, getting a group of people together to clean up the beaches. Um, follow uh, Facebook. Um, there's Sea Shepherd on there. There's um, Rick O'Berry. He has a group on Facebook. Sea um, Shepherd does a whole um, a whole bunch of different things for the marine animals. I mean, they go to Costa Rica to help save the turtle eggs from being poached by the poachers, and um, they they have a whole array of um, Activism work to help save the whales, to save the dolphins. You can follow their threads on Facebook or on the inter- on the internet on their website. Um, it, I, I really can't think of anything else right now. Well, that that is a lot, especially Sea Shepherd on Facebook, and Nikki's coming through, and she's making a key point because. You know, another thing that all of us can do starting here today and now is to teach and model to the children. Um, I live across the street from the beach, and I walk it uh, frequently. And often, um, because of the way the tide does, um, the conks get confused, um, and they're washed up, and they can't get back. And, you know, so many of them will, will die. And so I... I walk up and down the beach and I put them back in the water. And it's very interesting sometimes the comments, you know, that people make or anytime a little child will run up and they go, ooh, you know, ooh, what is that? And I go, well, Mm -hmm. it's something that's alive. 
Um, and you can see it, look and see it's alive and it just has this shell to protect it and I'm going to help save it and put it back in the water. I just always take advantage of that opportunity, you know, the opportunity to, to communicate with it different people and let them know what's happening. And especially people that have never been that much to the ocean, they don't know what it is, nor do they know that the birds are gathering just to wait, you know, for a new happy meal. And um, I always tell the birds, you know, I want you to be fed, but you're going to have to work a little harder than that. But uh, teaching the children is is really big. Um, Offering classes and and education around that is very important. Mm Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. It's because the children are our future. Uh, another uh, big thing uh, that's going on in the oceans is the overfishing and the nets. When these when these commercial fishermen go out and they use these gill nets to catch tuna, for example, everything gets caught in the net. The sharks get caught in the net. Turtles get caught. All types of marine life get caught in there, and when they pull those nets up, those those animals die. They'll throw them back in, but they're half dead anyway because they can't. They they die in the nets, and I keep seeing on Facebook, um, you know, whales that swim into the net, and then they what happens is is they get strangled and they can't breathe and come up for air, and they end up dying. So there's a lot of pollution in the ocean. They're, they dump sewage in the ocean. They dump trash in the ocean. It's just ongoing. And if the ocean dies, we die. We can't live without the ocean. Mm-hmm. So and the pollution is the main thing, but just everything. They, they just dump everything in the ocean. And, you know, you keep seeing, like, these animals, birds come up, and they have those, uh, one of those plastic things that they put the cans in that you buy in the grocery store. Right. If 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 everybody would take a scissor and just sniff them, so there's so the animals, any kind of animal, even you know like foxes or possums, critters, they put their neck in there and they get strangled. And as they grow, the the piece of plastic doesn't give, doesn't stretch, and they, and they have this lifelong injury. A lot of the animals die. So if we get these plastic coppers uh, and just snip them so nothing can get caught in them and dispose of them, that might make a difference. One little thing might make a difference. You're, you're so right. I, I, think that's, I think that's true. I think that often when people want to be part of environmental change, uh, they start thinking about ideas and they go, oh, that's a lot, you know, and therefore they do nothing. Um, mm-hmm. If everybody does a little something, you know, if I'm walking up and down the beach and I see the, the beautiful conks and they're, you know, needing to go back in the water, I can do that. You know, it takes mm-hmm. 10 minutes. It's also mm-hmm. a workout. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. how, how hard can it be? Uh, mm-hmm. Recycling. It is another area of just being mindful of recycling and using as little plastic as possible. It's mm-hmm. just not necessary. You know, get a water filter system and, and use that. Um, as our friend Christine that's joining us today, every little bit helps, and it does, because every exactly. little from everybody becomes a lot. And it doesn't have to be hard, but everybody needs to do their part. There's I was working with the Humane Society International, and there's like 
I want to say it's two billion, but it's massive. It's massive the amount of lives that are taken every year, especially in the fish um, fish department, and they're not eaten, you know. And mm-hmm. so it's like only it's being aware of that, only taking what you need and buying what you need to purchase, and not throwing away and and being part of you know go to change.org and sign up for some of these things that you can have your voice and that you can be heard or or you know give a class at one of your local clubs or within your church mm-hmm. or your spiritual community every little bit helps we show films here um about educating people about what you know is going on and and what can be done about it that we can all be a part of it. It's important to be the example. You be the example and, and allow the rest to take place. You do your work and the universe will help out as well. So when's your book coming out? Well, I just, I'm only, I've only done a couple of chapters. So whenever Spirit um, says, I, I just follow my guidance. And what are we going to be um, learning? I mean, give us a, a little teaser. Um, well, it's all about for newly awakened uh, individuals that are just newly awakened. It's a completely channeled book. I'm channeling Jesus. And um, the beginning so far is all about, like, what, what to expect when you're first waking up with your spiritual awakening. And, and 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 just following the steps. He's he's listed like steps. Each little chapter is like, well, you're going to experience this, and this is how you handle that, and then you're going to experience this, and this is how you handle that. I don't want to give it away. <laughs> I know, but that that's enough. I mean, we get the point, and I do think that that's well needed because there are so many people that have a lot of natural gifts. Um, but they've either been questioned by others and therefore they continue to question it themselves. And I, I think that we really need um, some more information because people tend to be very broad, you know, right. and it doesn't really help people do their own kind of process. I mean, people will say, well, I know I was intuitive, you know, or I would hear people talking and I would know they weren't telling the truth, but they don't ever tell. And this is how I got from A to B, you know. Right. I, I think right. that would help a lot of people, um, first of all, uh, feel more significant. But in addition to that, they would be more aware of how they could continue to uh, develop that, you know, for sure. And like you said, working with that that sense of attraction. Um, because mm-hmm. we're not given the gifts unless we're supposed to uh, witness them and bring them out. That's for sure. Um, no gift is ever in vain. Now, would you say that's correct? I mean, I would, I would definitely know that you're not given the gifts if you're not supposed to use them. So, this is yeah, I, I think that is absolutely yeah. Um, and so uh, Nikki is saying that she's been getting a lot of uh, good information, but she's not able to figure it out. And I would say to contact one of us or. Contact someone else that you know is an intuitive uh, worker or healer and kind of mm-hmm. talk it out with them. I think sometimes when you feel that block within yourself, like it, it doesn't really make sense, you know, or you're not quite connecting with what does this mean? 
you can either ask um, in an, an affirmative declaration that you would want something to reveal itself to you three times for clarity. I do that a lot. Please, you know, show me something three times so that I will know what this means. Or I will talk to someone in my trust circle and kind of reflect back so I can get the inner insight with that. I, I hope that helps, and I, I hope you're able to get um, something from that. Well, I do know that spirit gives you things in clues. It's like a, it's like a puzzle. Yes. And you get these clues, and you got to put the clues together. And then, then you'll get this one clue, and you'll be like, okay, I don't understand this, but I'm going to write this down, and I'm going to put it in my journal, and then at, at a later date, you'll... You'll get, something will just come to you and you'll go, ah, I get that, I get that, I understand, I understand, I understand. So they don't want you to know everything right away. Nothing is a direct answer. Everything is a clue, like a puzzle piece. And you have to put the pieces of the puzzle together. You know, I like that. And I, I also think if everybody sometimes got everything, downloaded all in one answer, I think mm-hmm. it would scare some people. Do you know what I mean? Like, what? Yes. <laughs> you know, what do you mean you know, i got to leave my job and, you know, leave the state and, you know. <laughs> you know, it's like, wow. No, I, I think that is good that it comes in a little, a little tidbit so we can assimilate it, we can handle it, we can accept it. But that's a, that's a very good one. Um, for those of you that were saying that sometimes you're getting all this information and you don't know exactly what it's saying, just be patient and allow it to unfold um, because the answer will come. Well, obviously this is one of my most fun hours of the week is to be an intentional spirit, uh, interviewing an intentional spirit and having these amazing people uh, with me on Facebook Live and I just love um, seeing so many of you, and I thank you for your participation and, and your energy and also for sharing the show. It's because of you that our show is in, in all over the world, and I am very, very appreciative and, and grateful and, and humbled by it as well. Visit us at firstunity.org, or please visit me personally at templehaste.com because, like I said, we're going to be coming up and. April and May, we're going to start doing some live television things as well. So what a pleasure it is. Thank you, everyone. A peace begins right here and right now. And don't ever doubt that you're making a difference. As a matter of fact, you're the only one that can. Thank you so much, Kim Sincio, for you, for the work, um, for what you do, for the dolphins and the whales on the planet, and everything with your message. It's just really, really great. So we'll see all of you next week. And thank you for being with us and on this amazing journey that we call life. Thank you so much. Thank you, Temple, for having me. Thank you for tuning in to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central for tools and simple applications which will support you from being alive to fully living. This program is brought to you in part by First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. To learn more about this ministry, go to www.unitycampus.org or www.templehaze.org.
you experience the peace and joy promised by A Course in Miracles? Or are you still struggling to truly live your beliefs from moment to moment? Let Reverend Jennifer Hadley help you focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application by walking your talk. Experience the healing live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central on A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Look at those closest to you, your family, your friends, your co-workers. The people you spend the most time with can tell you much about yourself. How? One way is that quite often what we see in others is, in some way, a reflection of something within ourselves. What we most admire in another may be a quality we possess but have not yet recognized. It's also true that what we dislike most in another may also reflect some trait within ourselves that we aren't aware of. Whether our response to them is positive or negative, other people can serve as mirrors to teach us about ourselves. Look with new eyes at the people around you. Chances are, all of the behaviors and attitudes you see in them contribute to the way you show up in the world. This message has been brought to you by the Association of Unity Churches International. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org. There is peace. There is quiet. Reverend Paulette's mantra is, It's all a prayer. Tune in every Tuesday as Unity Minister Paulette Pipe leads you in meditation and prayer on touching the stillness. Make no mistake, this is not nap time. With an energy that will captivate you, touching the stillness will guide you in deep meditation, leaving you enlivened. Hear astounding meditations and learn more about different forms of meditation. Enrich your prayer life as Reverend Paulette, Senior Minister of Touching the Stillness Ministries, affirmatively prays with power and authority by taking live prayer requests from callers like you. Whether you have a prayer request for yourself or for a loved one or are ready for a deepened meditation experience, make sure you tune in on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Central Time, where we'll be joining in consciousness with the unceasing prayer activity of the Silent Unity 24-7 Prayer Ministry at Unity Village. That's Touching the Stillness with Reverend Paulette Pipe every Tuesday right here on Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Letting go in the stillness. The benefits of spiritually conscious living start now. For a time-tested method to live with purpose and release your infinite potential, tune in to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien, every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
somewhere. Tucked away in the Unity Library archives in Unity Village, Missouri, you can find a secret treasure. They are the scripts from Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore's early days on broadcast radio. The teachings of Unity's founders, almost a 100 years old. Now, for the first time in history, you can hear them through the power of the Internet. Join Bob Brock every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Unity Classic Radio, Words from Our Past. Discover the wisdom of Charles Fillmore's talks and of other Unity Radio speakers read on the air again. Call in your comments and questions as Bob and his special guests revisit Unity Radio talks of the past, along with historical background from the early days of the Unity movement. That's Unity Classic Radio. Words from our past. Every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Right here on Unity FM. The voice of an awakening world. Ever notice how the funniest things happen when we stop taking ourselves too seriously and step out boldly? Listen to Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed as these unlikely saints administer a refreshing dose of laughter and love that will inspire you to step out boldly and experience the funniest things. Join the discussion with Daryl and Ed live every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Central Time on Funniest Thing, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Like life, grief is a journey, not a destination. Whether it is loss of life, relationship, security, or simply the process of change, have you given yourself permission to begin your journey of grief? Have you yielded to the gift of grace? Join Reverend Chaz Wesley every Thursday at 5 p.m. Central on a virtual navigation from grief to grace and explore new horizons of empowerment, significance, and support only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'll light a candle in your name. What is it you really want in life? No matter what you've been through, you can still achieve it. I'm Sandra Ann Taylor, and in my Energy Activation podcast, we'll explore the science of manifestation, and I'll give you specific techniques to shift your energy in order to make your dreams a reality. I also do live energy readings, and you can be a part of the show by emailing your questions to me at sandrataylor.net. Join me on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts. 